Thanks so much for downloading our program, Manage Your Money God's Way. We are from Compass Catholic Ministries. In our ministry, we're dedicated to helping you find new, smarter ways to manage your money. Whether you're in debt or free of debt, we have a lot of resources that will help you reach your financial goal. And that, of course, is eliminating your debt and living debt-free with a sense of joy and contentment. You can learn more how we can help by checking out our website, compasscatholic.org. My name is Steve Holbrook, and sitting on the other side of the studio, because we are keeping social distancing, John and Evelyn Bean, the co-founders of Compass Catholic Ministries. Today, our topic is titled Financial Infidelity. The bottom line, couples keeping money secrets from one another. So, John, let's get this discussion started. Several months ago, we went to a wedding. A young man that we've watched grow up from the time he was six months old, and it was a beautiful wedding, and they did all the vows, and they did them perfectly, except I don't remember them saying anything about promising to be completely honest about the financial information from this day forward. I think it's kind of in the richer and poorer part of the wedding vows, but that sure hides a lot of sins that are behind that, because uh, a lot of couples aren't open and honest with each other about their finances. It's a topic that nobody really talks about, but we've seen a lot of it as we worked with different couples and, and tried to coach them. And, and the topic is financial infidelity. That sounds really dangerous. Well, it sounds nasty. But, it is nasty. <laughs> you know, it's that secret bank account or the credit card account that you're not letting your spouse know about or spending $500 on some purchase and, and you don't tell your spouse. Maybe there's cash missing from the bank accounts or late payments on bills because the money's not available. Maybe you see some expensive purchases and you don't know anything about them. You know, any secrets can be damaging to a marriage, and that's especially true when it comes to money. I was at a shower not too long ago, wedding shower, different couple, wedding shower, and um, some of the ladies were talking about the fact that they don't tell their husband what they buy. They just buy things, sneak it into the house, pay for it on their own credit card, and don't tell their husband anything about it. And I was horrified. I mean, I can't imagine doing that. And maybe it's because we've always shared finances since we were first married and didn't have any money, so there was not much to share. <laughs> Are they doing this because they each have their own accounts? They each have their own accounts. and So they what's don't... mine is mine and what's, what's yours is yours? That's the attitude? Well, I think more. it's more like what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. <laughs> Seriously, that's. I mean, that was the attitude really? of these women. And it was really sad because what I was thinking is if you're lying to your spouse about money or you're hiding purchases from your spouse... That gives them every right to wonder what else you may be lying about or hiding from them. It's just uh, that little chink of dishonesty goes into all other areas of your marriage. One of the things that, that we agreed on a long time ago was that we would never spend uh, a specific amount of money without asking the other person. And, and I, think, I, think, I think asking is the wrong word. I think discussing is the right word there. It's okay. not like you're asking for permission. Yeah, I was just you're just talking. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, you're just talking about I need to buy this, and it's going to be this much money. I'm going to buy this. Yeah. Yeah. I think originally when we set this up, it was probably about fifty dollars. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> it was very much money. It's probably less than that. <laughs> a dollar went a lot further back then. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's probably I don't know, a couple hundred dollars. 
we won't spend it unless we're we talk about it but we really talk about all the spending we do so it's immaterial what that big amount is before we check with each other because i mean you know even if i'm going to the grocery store to buy lettuce or something very non expensive like that you know what i'm doing it's amazing that lettuce can cost 83 dollars <laughs> and 15 cents but you know well i needed a bowl to bring it home in <laughs> it was that's that ice cream that keeps jumping into my cart when i go past the freezer section in the grocery store but you know you bring up a good point there because it's not the amount that's the problem the real challenge is discussing things with your spouse and being totally open and honest about all financial transactions and that's where i think a lot of couples get off track because, Steve, it's like you said, what's mine is mine, and I'm hiding it from you. And that's not a good way to live in a right. marriage. So I think that as a couple, everybody should talk about their finances you know, on a regular basis. And, and maybe that's weekly if you're really in trouble and still trying to, to uh, dig out of debt and that kind of stuff. Uh, if you've got your finances uh, really under control and you're paying off every single credit card, Every single month, nothing gets carried over. There's no debt except for maybe the mortgage or something like that. Then, you you know, you could probably do it on a monthly or even possibly a quarterly, although that's a real, that, that gives me strange feelings, uh, you know, to think that you're not going to do it except four times a year. I think monthly is, is a good uh, is a good thing. John, let me let me interrupt you for a second. When Arjun and I have worked with couples who have their own accounts, checking, saving, and credit card accounts, we really encourage them to continue to have these monthly money discussions so you can see on paper each other's financial situation. Is this something you encourage couples that are in that same similar situation of having their own separate accounts? I would, especially yeah. if, if it's a shared account. I mean, it might be in my name, but it might be a shared account with John. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely want to talk about something like that. And I don't think it's, it's not the amount and it's not checking up on the person. It's just the fact that that's a big part of everyday life is how much you're making, spending, giving. And if you're not sharing that, I, I, there's this wall between you. Well, I think there's a lot of couples out there that not only are they not sharing their bank accounts where they have a joint account in her name and a joint account in his name, they have her account and his account. And the other doesn't even have access to it. I mean, we've, we've coached some people that have been in that situation. That's another thing that I, I really worry about with couples because if you're not even going to share that type of a thing in your married life, what else is it that you're not sharing? It just seems like trust is, is a, not a very big word, but it's a very big action. And if you can't trust your spouse... I think the marriage is in trouble before it starts. Well, we've seen that. I mean, we had a couple that we worked with that he, they were having financial problems and we were working with them and he purchased a large lot. Oh, yeah. A, a yeah. big plot of property with his ex-wife mm -hmm. and didn't tell his wife about it. And that was a lot of the reason why they were having financial issues. And he made the decision without even talking to his wife about it and just went in with his former wife and that and they didn't tell any didn't tell her about it and, and until it got to be a problem yeah it became a problem we were going through all their expenses and i said okay you're making this much money but i don't see it in the checking account arjun and i are working with a couple now that do have joint everything checking saving credit cards but they also have their individual 
credit cards that they use as fun money. And in our monthly meeting, it is an uncomfortable conversation. One does not want to share what their balance is. So that it's unknown whether she is in debt or she has a positive balance on that credit card. And it does create an, an uncomfortable feeling and a question of trust. You mentioned like a fun account or a spending. I think every couple should have some amount uh, allocated based on their financial situation and, and that type of thing, but that they should have some money allocated that they can spend and not really have to Ex- account for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're fine with that as long as their finances are in order. And right exactly. now it's right on the edge. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you something. Do they have the same amount in their fund money account? Or? That I don't know. See, that, I think that has something to do with it. You know, if one has a significantly larger sum of money because they're the working spouse and the other one is the stay-at-home spouse. No, they're both work. They both just work. Just a little bit yeah. of money. That's not, or if they make different salaries and the fund mm-hmm. money's allocated based on salary, that's not fair. I think what it, uh, what it boils down to is that uh, I think every couple should probably have a full financial checkup at least once a year. And talk about everything. Make sure everything's on the on the table at that point, not just balancing the checkbook and the statements and that kind of stuff, but put everything out on the table. And a good place to start is with your goals. What are your goals for the for the next twelve months? You know, uh, compasscatholic.org uh, slash resources slash financial goals is a great place to start. Um, go to our website and and take a look at that, and then sit down with your spouse and and go through those. Um, and anytime you're going to talk about goals, then financial issues are going to come up, and and it's an opportunity to really work through that. And this is in addition to the monthly budget reviews. This oh, yeah. is like the big. Yeah. Let's sit down and have a, a powwow about the finances in the upcoming year and vacations we want to take or bills we want to pay off or re- renovations needed in the house. Or I think every couple needs to do that um, once a year. Sometimes it's good to do it more than that, but I think once a year is, is, a, is a good time. And then, you know, if you have that major powwow once a year and then you kind of go through it on a quarterly basis or every four or five months, something, I mean, that's kind of... We do that. When we also do the monthly, where we have the monthly well, We do every month, yeah. 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 The goals that you're working on, it should be goals that you're passionate about. You're going to have some shared goals that you both want to do, and you're going to have some personal goals. And, you know, that's a good thing. It's, it's healthy. It's normal. And when it becomes a little bit sketchy and not too healthy is when you allow your personal goals to overtake your joint goals as a couple. See, and that gets back to the couple you were talking about, Steve, where she had overspent on her fund money and it wasn't actually partnering with her husband in order to make sure the couple's financial goals were reached. So sit down and make a list of personal goals that are important to you and then what you want to do in the next 5, 10, 20 years and match it with your spouse and talk about the things that are the same kind of push them to the side, you know you agree on those, but really, really hash out those things where you're different because that's where the marriage grows and becomes stronger. And you got to agree to focus on these uh, these items that, you know, they're going to overlap with your priorities. And, and uh, it's just really important to talk about it so you can stay on the same page as a couple. You may be thinking, a money date? Sounds a little bit silly. 
Well, maybe the name is, but a monthly discussion on your finances with your spouse is crucial. And I think you'll agree that the last thing anyone needs are financial surprises, especially now with all the uncertainty of employment and what lies ahead for everyone. Communicate. That's the bottom line. Today, we want you to plan with your spouse on when you're going to have that financial discussion, and we'd like for you to promise to have it within the next seven days. You're listening to Manage Your Money God's Way. We are from Compass Catholic Ministries, and we are here to help you manage your money smarter. Our website, we have a lot of resources for you to help you walk your way through that. You can check them out, compasscatholic.org. So Evelyn, share with us the effect of having a, a discussion specifically to talk about goals as it pertains to finances. You know, one of the things that may happen if you haven't been working with your spouse on your finances is that when you're working through these goals together, you're talking about finances, you may each discover things that you didn't know that the other person did. So let's be honest, we're all human and we all do things we regret, usually because we put a very short-term goal or emotion above a long-term plan or goal. And when that happens, you really need to put yourself in the other person's place. You need to act toward them like you would have them act toward you. Do unto others, right? That verse from Matthew. You know, you need to uh, truly forgive whatever it was that you found out. And, you know, it was maybe I bought this or I shouldn't have bought this or I shouldn't have spent this much money or whatever. My uh, daughter-in-law says, put it in a bubble and blow it away. <laughs> It's, it's important to forgive your partner's mistakes and let them go and move forward from there. It doesn't do any good to either of you to keep harping on the past. Yeah, and if you get into a situation where you, you just can't reach an agreement on anything, I would suggest that you uh, give Compass a call and uh, set an appointment to talk with one of our uh, money coaches. They're trained to... Uh, work with couples one-on-one -on -one to help them work through whatever the issue is. To reach one financial goal. To have, yeah, to have a, a, a common financial goal. And um, we've been, uh, we set up a really a, a formal training period. All our coaches are, uh, are trained. And uh, I, I think it would be, uh, you know, if you're having issues trying to get things worked out or, or you just can't work out one single problem, then uh, give us a call and, and uh, see about uh, talking with a coach and, and uh, moving forward. Now, if there's deeper problems, like if there's a whole bunch of different issues going on that are impacting the money and you can't get through things on your own and a coach is not going to help you solve a lot of problems, they're going to focus on one specific thing that you want to help with. They're not marital counselors. They're not marital counselors. But if yeah. you need marital counseling, then we strongly suggest that you seek that because Compass Catholic is not marriage counselors. No, no, we don't have any training in that. So... Uh, we can't help you doing that. But from a financial standpoint, I think we can be of a great assistance. So once you get things back on track, it's important to keep on track by having, at the beginning, a weekly money date. Ah, that's really romantic, Evelyn. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up and not me. <laughs> Are there candles involved? <laughs> there can be. <laughs> 
you're right. It doesn't sound very romantic, but handling money as a couple affects area, every area of your marital relationship. And the weekly money dates really help in the beginning because they establish a habit of regular financial conversation when there's no crisis. You know, a lot of couples don't even start to talk about money unless there's a problem. There's a panic button that's already been pushed. The bills are due and we don't have enough money to pay for it. Something went wrong and we don't have enough money to pay for it. That's a bad time to start those money conversations. It's much better to start when there's no problem. The trouble when you start and you're in the middle of a problem, it usually boils down to something like this. You spent too much money. Yeah. That's never going to work because maybe they did, but the, the, the fact that you're throwing it in their face and, and attack, accusing. Attack mode. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to work. One of the things that, that uh, Compass really promotes hard is the use of a budget with categories. Uh, when you look at the spending in a category, you can focus on the category, not the person who spent the money. If we spent too much on groceries or we spent too much on entertainment. Both parties probably had a, a piece of that action. And um, you focus on the category, not on blaming a particular individual. It just makes things much easier to discuss without rancor or, you know, just... Kind of disperses, yeah. disperses the tension. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about what we do on a money date, John. So the weekly money date is something you can do at home or at a restaurant or at a park or in the back of church after mass or wherever you want to do it. You don't have to be in a certain location, right? Yes. And yes. it's a time when you're going to just focus on finances. And the three things you do on a money date are pray together, review your income and spending for the week, and then celebrate whatever kind of progress the Lord has enabled you to make in the previous week. So let's take a closer look at each one of these. Praying together should be the first thing you do on your money date. And Jesus makes a, a remarkable promise in Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. If two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So when a couple is praying together about their finances, they're inviting the God of the universe to be personally involved with them, to um, work with them, to help them understand uh, what they're earning, what they're spending, what they're saving, what they're giving. You know, they're working together as a couple. So I think that's a really important thing that, that couples need to do, especially when you're just getting started on your budget. You've got, you're struggling, uh, you know, the creditors are, are calling and stuff like that. Get together, you know, form a team against the world. You know, and the other thing is, instead of saying a rote prayer like the Our Father or the Hail Mary, pray from your heart. Tell God what's on your heart and on your mind. It really helps you to become stronger as a couple. And it also helps you to understand what's on your spouse's heart if you're really, truly open and honest about it. Absolutely, I agree. Then you're going to review your income and spending to make sure you, know, you both know where you are financially. And this is not an opportunity to nag each other, all right? That's not what this is all about. Uh, use it as a time to discover the facts, uh, to understand how you might make decisions a little bit better, a little bit smarter, and make sure you're both on the same page. 
And from experience, we know this takes a lot of time at first, but then it can go on autopilot. Um, and, uh, you know, you might start with a monthly or excuse me, a weekly date, then you move it to monthly. And as long as things don't get out of control, you're going good. If they start to get out of control, go back to meeting more often. Our, our monthly money date is, you know, we sit at our desks, which we're kind of back to back on either side of the room, and John kind of hands over a spreadsheet over his shoulder, and that's our <laughs> money date now, because it's so much on autopilot. You know, we've just been doing it for so long that it's almost a 10-minute process. Yeah, I, I look at the, the areas, the categories where we spent more than what we budgeted, and I write down what we spent in that category to cause it to be more. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and say, oh, yeah, I know, we did that, we did that. Because it's always stuff we agreed on ahead of time, so yeah, yeah. it's not like there's any surprise, surprise when I look at it. Can. Yeah, and we're still spending less than what we budgeted, you know, overall. So it's, that's an important thing, mm-hmm. too. And another important thing is to celebrate the progress you make. You know, too many times when couples talk about money, they're dealing with problems. It's not fun. Someone's spending too much or not earning enough, and it ends in arguments, and the whole experience just feels negative. So as a married couple, you're probably always going to face financial challenges. But balance that problem solving by intentionally creating a culture of encouragement, gratitude, and celebration. Celebrating financial progress is important because you are more likely to continue your progress if you celebrate along the way and, and be creative and have fun. I remember one couple we were working with, uh, we told them to celebrate and they were like, oh, we don't have any money. What should we do? And you told them to make a patch of cupcakes and put a candle in one of them. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> and they did. And they said it was fun. It was just, you know, something that was a little bit lighter than what they'd been doing. They'd been totally so, out of the ordinary, out of the ordinary. They'd been so focused on their finances and they were in so much trouble that it was just, it lightened up the mood a lot. And hopefully they've continued to celebrate along the way. So, Financial infidelity can be extremely challenging. It can be hard to overcome, but, you know, it's often a core symptom of two people who really aren't communicating well. They've got different visions for their future, and, you know, that can add up to a a damaged relationship, uh, uh, a relationship that's just barely limping forward. You know, I think that people would do a lot better with money in their marriage if they talked about money more before they got married. Like before you get married, you should know your spouse's credit score, how much they have in debt, what kind of debt it is, what their priorities are for spending, how much you're going to save, how much debt you both have together, if you're going to get into more debt for the honeymoon and the wedding. So all those financial conversations aren't very romantic in a marriage, but they're definitely not romantic when you're dating. So do those discussions happen at the engagement, before the engagement, before uh, obviously before the wedding. Well, you would hope they would happen naturally along the way. Like if someone's going out all the time and buying expensive things, surely you notice that. If your um, intended partner, come, your intended spouse comes in with a new car every year, that's a red flag. Ask about it. You know, why are they spending money on a new car every year? So those kinds of things need to be discovered before you decide to get married. Because those, that debt may be your debt. It's going to be your debt if you get married and and sign for it. Yeah, and when it happens before the wedding, I don't think it makes any difference as long as it happens before the wedding. You know, whether it's pre-engagement or post-engagement, 
you know, I'm not sure that until I was really serious and, and engaged that I would think that it was really necessary to go through that kind of detail. But a lot of times you can see those red flags when you're just dating. If you're paying attention, sure, yeah. absolutely. Well, if you're not paying attention to somebody you intend to marry, that's not a good sign either. Uh, <laughs> so it takes a lot of prayer. If you can't bring those to the table yourself, um, then you're probably a big part of the problem. Moving forward isn't about winning or losing. It's about finding a new direction that works for both of you. In Mark 10.8, we hear the verse, two will become one flesh. And that mindset is absolutely required in a marriage, even when it comes to finances. May God bless your journey. And if Compass can help you on your journey, contact us. We have experienced money coaches that will walk you through items like putting together a budget, helping you work out some answers to money challenges that you may be experiencing. The phone number is 407-878-7637. That's 407-878-7637. Or you can contact the money coach at compasscatholic.org. In the main navigation bar, you'll see resources. Click that on and you will see Compass Money Coach. And before we leave it today, we have time to squeeze in an answer to one of the emails that we received this week. All right, John and Evelyn, here we go. My husband and I are cashing in several variable life annuity insurance policies, which will net us about 135000 The balance of the mortgage is 42000 And first of three children head off to college in two years. What should we do with the money? Pay off the home, invest, or save for college? You know, John, I think the best thing you can do with a windfall is to pay off your home mortgage and then take whatever you were paying in your monthly mortgage payment and build up your savings. You know, having your home paid off is one of the best ways you can plan for your children's education because you're going to have more money available each month to help pay their college expenses. And what's that saying? You can borrow for education, but you can't borrow for your retirement. That's absolutely true. John and Evelyn, as always, thank you so much. If you have a question or multiple questions for John and Evelyn, maybe you have a financial challenge that you would love to have their ideas on, by all means, send us your questions to ask at compasscatholic.org. That email address again is ask, that's A-S-K, at compasscatholic.org. And John and Evelyn will be back in touch with you ASAP. For John and Evelyn, we thank you so much for downloading our podcast. And remember, we have a brand new one for you each and every Wednesday. Simply go to compasscatholic.org and click on podcast. Not only will you find the podcast Manage Your Money God's Way, but we also have a brand new podcast that we introduced a couple of weeks ago called Money Stories with host Caitlin Cato. Both available on compasscatholic.org. Just click on podcast. This is Manage Your Money God's Way. We are from Compass Catholic Ministries. Mm-hmm.